Okay, good morning. <coughs> Today, we will continue on something that we just introduced at the very end of the year last week. And uh, we could say it's, uh, I think this will be the last uh, installment in Perik Vav. Um, and it's sort of a wrap-up from a little bit of a different world um, of, uh, of this preparation of Noah building and uh, building, being instructed to build the Teva and to bring everything inside. And uh, we know that he was instructed to bring two of everything inside the, inside the Teva. And the, the Medrash, we learned at the end of last week's uh, shear, the very, very end of last week's shear, we said that uh, there was a machlaikas between Rav Yehuda and Rav Nechemia. Rav Yehuda said, Re'eim le'niknas imay, avulgurav nichnasu. The Re'eim did not enter the Teva with him, but rather a baby Re'eim came in. The issue is, the Re'eim, which is the, uh, you know, in English they call it a Eurix, it, it, it's, it's it, the classic example as we found, uh, as I mentioned to you last week, it's a classic example of the very, very large animal. And in the Gemara, in many places, we'll, we'll see a little bit, not so much here, but in the Gemara, in many places, it speaks about the hugeness of this animal. And uh, the Gemara, the Medrash, what the Medrash is struggling with is it simply doesn't understand how Noah could have put two of them in the Teva. Right? It doesn't have this question about elephants, it has the question about the Re'im. And so Rabbi, Yeshu, Rabbi Yehuda's answer to the problem was that in fact they brought in a very young baby Re'im that wasn't very big. Rabbi Nechemia Amar Gurav. No, no. It, the Re'im didn't get in, and the baby Re'im didn't give, get in. A baby Re'im is also a monster. Rather, Noach tied him to the Teva on the outside. And the, the, the wake, the ridges in the water which were made, which were made by this Re'im, were huge, like from one city to another, like from Tiberia to Susasa. That's the that's the the way the Gemara expresses it in um, in in trying to portray how large it was. But the bottom line was that it was water skiing, right? It was there on the back of the on the back of the teva, attached to the back of the teva. And the Gemara brings a pasuk hiskasher ein betelam avosoy mishadei damakim acharecha. A pasuk in Eov, which speaks about the reim, you know, making a furrow that's going to be huge, huge. Bimei Reb Chia Baraba Olagura Echad Leretz Yisrael v'Oyniach Ilonat Sha'akrei. The 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 Gemara says in order to illustrate the position of Reb Nechemia about how huge they were, even when they were babies. He says that one baby Re'em came to Eretz Yisrael and uprooted every tree. They made a fast day, the Goas Midbar, and the resolution was that its mother, which was in the desert, moaned, the Yorad and the baby went back to the mother. That's what it says. So this is a, a, a depiction of how huge they were and how destructive they were. And so the only way they made it was by, again, by being attached to the teva. That's not clear, again, whether they were water skiing or whether they were tubing. Uh, the Gemara in Zvachim says the same thing. 
says, if you say that the Mabel didn't descend on Eretz Yisrael, so we can understand that, that there would be a place where something like the Re'em, which it's so difficult for understand, us to understand how it could fit in the Teva, okay, so the Re'em didn't fit in the Teva. It stayed in Eretz Yisrael. But if you say that the Mabel fell everywhere, which is a debate in the Gemara there, then where could the Re'im have been? So Raviyanai, like Rav Yehuda in our Medrash, said that they brought in baby Re'imim into the Teva. Asked the Gemara, so the Gemara asks from a statement of Rabbi Barbarchana. Rabbi Barbarchana, some of you may be familiar, in Perak HaMecher Sasvina in Baba Basra, we're going to quote a portion of it later, but not the portion which is being quoted here, there are the famous Agodos of Rabbi Barbarchana. Rabbi Barbarchana, what he saw on his seafaring missions. And he saw huge, outstanding, incredible things, the way it's described. It's a, it's a very, very difficult agoda. It's a very metaphoric agoda. There's a famous work of the Gra, the Gaina Vilna wrote on the Agadas of Rabbi Barbarchana. Um, Rabbi Aaron Feldman, the Rosh Shiva of Neri Yisrael, wrote a, once an English book, um, I think The Juggler and the King, right, explaining some of the Agadas of Rabbi Barbarchana. In the Agadas of Rabbi Barbarchana, he describes that he saw a baby, Mamish, a Re'em, on the day that it was born, and uh, it was the size of Mount Tavor, which was, and the Gemara goes on to describe how big that was. And it describes how big that little baby was. So if that's the case, how did it get into the Teva? It, Eretz Yisrael wasn't an option if you hold that the Mabel fell in Eretz Yisrael as well. They just stuck its head into the Teva. Right? So it was able to breathe. In the Teva. But you told me how huge its head, its head was. Just at the tip of its nose, its nostrils, it was in the Teva. Right? So that it would be able to breathe. Says the Gemara, why is Rav Yechman saying this? Rav Yechman was the one who himself said that the Mabal didn't come to Eretz Yisrael. It says according to Rish Teva Says the Gemara, but it doesn't help to have your nose in the Teva if the Teva keeps moving. Right? How does the how does the rain leave its leave its nose right safely embedded in the teva so they can breathe? The famous horns, Karne Reim Karnov, the famous horns of the Reim, they tied a rope around the Teva. So it was literally again like it was water skiing, it was attached to the to the boat. Rabchizda said that the waters of the Mabal were boiling hot. Right, to somehow relate to the reischim of the seed that they wasted. Says the Gemara, so how did the Teva make it if it was boiling hot? So it must be, and furthermore, says, Where did Oymel Chaboshan stand? How did Oymel Chaboshan? Oymel Chaboshan was the survivor from amongst the Rafoim. So how did he survive? There was a miracle. And the miracle was that while the Mabel waters were hot, there was a chilling zone, a chill zone, right, which was around the Teva, that wasn't hot. And that's why the Teva didn't melt. And the pitch 
on the outside of the Teva didn't melt from the waters of the flood. And in that cool water zone, Oig Melech was towed along on the outside of the Teva, and the Re'em, and this huge beast, the Re'em, also was there on the outside of the Teva. So <clears throat> that's what the Gemara says, that's how these things were able to survive. And we have to ask ourselves, what's going on here? What's going on? This is something which is not within the Teva of Nayach, but nevertheless something which is significant and needs to survive and survives on the outside. The practical question, we have the Re'em, we have Ogmel Chaboshan. Like, what do we do? What do we do with these phenomena that are described here? So there's another name for the Re'em, right? Kuli Amalokligi, I believe that everybody agrees that the Re'em has another name, which we know in Chazal, and that name is Shor Habor, right? which is the, the wild ox, it's, it's identified with the Re'em, and, um, or the outside ox, and um, the, 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 um, the, the, the aim has another significance. And Mir uh, Tashem, we're going to try to look at this and explore this. What we're going to actually look at, hopefully, only... Unfortunately, only one side of what we're going to look at is reflected in the sources that are on the source sheet. I will believe, never have to update the source sheet to reflect the other side. But I want to present to you two sides to the phenomenon that's described over here in the Gemara of these extras that were, were uh, saved outside of the table. The first discussion is going to focus much more on the Re'im, not going to really focus on Eimel Chaboshan, the second part of the discussion will focus that much more on both of them, on their aim and on Eigmel HaBoshan. Maybe the first one will start from their aim, the second one will start with Eigmel HaBoshan. There's a Pasuk we had much earlier in Bereshis, in Perak Aleph, where it describes, on the day, on the fifth day of creation, when Hashem created the fish, says he created the Taninim Hagedoilim, the great Taninim, the great fish water creatures. And then all of these other things that the water swarmed, and all the birds. Says Rashi, Hataninim, Dogim Gedoilim Shabayam, the biggest fish of the sea. And in Agoda it describes who? Leviyasan Ubenzugai. That refers to the Leviyasan, the Leviathan, Uben Zugay and its mate. Shabiram Zachar Unakeva, that they were created male and female. For Horagis Hanakeva, that Hashem killed the female. Umochal Tzadikim Lasid Lavai, and he salted it away for the Tzadikim for the future. Right? It was going to be the herring of the end of days. And uh, he, he did that, he, he put it away. She im Yifru Vyirbu, and he had to do that. Because if they would be both alive, the male and the female, and they would be fruitful and multiply, the world would not be able to survive. You imagine that if the sea becomes filled with huge whales, the waters rise, and, uh, you know, it's heaven forbid, like the ice cap melting. You know, it raises the water levels. And if it raises the water levels too, too significantly, what happens, heaven forbid? So then the dry land ceases to become the dry land. The, the dry land is overcome by the rising sea levels. HaKadosh Baruch Hu 
had to stop the Leviathan from being able to procreate. That's the Taninim Hagdailim. We refer to these, and again, he, had to, he killed one so they couldn't mate and they couldn't produce. And that will be the feast for the Tzadikim Lasid Lava. Now what's that? And what does that mean? Let's look a little bit further at this, at a quote from the Gemara Lava Basra that we alluded to before, Perakamaycher Es Hasfina, which is the location, this Gemara comes with and after the Agodais of Rabbi Barbar Chana, and it says as follows, here they translated it as Arzile de Yama. Now Arzile was a term that the Gemara used for the Re'em. Right? So there's the Arzile, there's the, 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 this kind of huge animal of the dry land, of the deserts, and then there's the one of the sea. This refers to these things which are referred to biblically, the Leviathan. And it says over there, Everything that Hashem created in the world, He created male and female. And even these monstrous creatures of the sea, Hashem created male and female. But if they would mate and reproduce, and we would have litters of these monsters, it would overwhelm the world and destroy the world. So what did Hashem do? He rendered the, the male sterile, and he killed the nekeva, and salted it away for the tzaddikim for the future. Again, the, 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 the herring of the ultimate suva. Shenemar, as it says, v'horagis ha-tanin asher bayam. He killed the tanim, the, the, the creature that was in the sea. V'af behemais b'harayolif, continues the Gemara. The same was true of the behemais b'harayolif, which is the language of a pasuk in Tehillim, Perek Nun, and it refers to the huge land creature, the Re'em. Zachor and Akeva Baram, they were created male and female. And were they to mate, they would destroy the whole world. He neutered the male and he cooled the Nekeva from reproducing and saved it for the Tzadikim Lasid Lavish and Emar. Says the Gemara. So again, this is a, a reference, and a reference to this and to this change. Says the Gemara, why doesn't it do the same thing that it did by the fish? By, why doesn't it do by the fish the same thing that it did by the animals? Says the Gemara, the notion of, uh, of being metzanein, of trying to make them not in heat doesn't apply to fish. Fish are two parts. Why do you do the other way around? The more explains why this one is better uh, than, than that one. Okay, we don't have to get into the details of the Gemara's closing. But here you have the two main courses of the Suda for the Tzadikim Lasid Lavai. And those are a little Leviathan pickled and a little bit of the Re'em otherwise known as, commonly known as the Shor Habor. 
the Shorabor, that great ox. Those are going to be that. That's the main course. Those are the main courses of the meal. There's another thing which we'll see referred to, which is the Bar Yuchni, right? Ziz Ziz Sodaim Adi Bar Yuchni was also kind of a bird, also huge, also producing great things. Maybe that's also part of the feast. So what does this mean? What does this all mean? There are these huge creatures that would take over and destroy the world, and to some degree they had to be. They have to be neutralized. Like, what is it? What does it mean? And then they become the meal of the tzaddikim l'asid lavai. What, what does it mean? So I want to share with you two extremes of interpretation here. Two extremes of interpretation. One extreme of interpretation is that these beings are the ultimate spiritual beings. And the other is that, you know, quite the opposite, that they are physical monsters that could be, in, a, in, a, in that way, destructive of the world. A spiritual thing could also grow so large and so significant that it could render the human being oblivious, or uh, not, not oblivious, but obsolete, right? Not relevant. A physical being could also take over and render the human being obsolete. We're going to start with the spiritual, because what we speak about here is the feast that's going to be made of these things, La'asid Lovey. And so I share with you a commentary. We'll start with Rabbeinu Bachya, who wrote a sefer called Shulchan Shel Arba, a, 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 a sefer which, which includes uh, discussions about about food and eating, and uh, the last section of the Shulchan Shel, Shel Arba, he speaks on a very spiritual level. Sudais Hamisukanais Gufniais Vesichliais. 